Welcome back, guys, for episode 29. Chantelle is not here, but it looks like she'll be back next week, which I did not think she would be, but I think she actually misses the torture of reporting a podcast. So her sister's here, Alicia. We tried to record once, and it did not pan out. We drank. Too much. And we took lots of weird photos. Too many. And then it was just too late, and it was like, all right, we're done. A whole lot of too much. It was a whole, yeah. And not enough of the right things. Yep. Do you want to talk about yourself? I mean, I don't know what to say. Okay, well. I can answer some cues. <laughs> so, you are Chantal's sister. Yeah. Well, tell them about Sean and the kids. Okay, I feel like I'm giving a bio. It's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, but uh, Okay, well, I'm Chantal's sister, Alicia, and I'm older than her by three years. Mm-hmm. And I'm her replacement tonight. Yes. What's that? The under I'm her understudy. I have three little girls and a lovely hubby and a zoo of animals. <laughs> and I'm also a true crime fan and spooky fan all around. Yeah. I don't know. That's like all yeah. you can think of. And is it true? Chantal's told me a number of times that you wanted to be an undertaker. So, is that what they're okay. called? Sorry. So a mortician. My, sorry. Mortician. My, you know what? It used to be called an undertaker. Oh, okay. My dream job as a child yeah. was a coroner who did like oh. autopsy. And then I realized you need to actually have a doctorate, at least in Canada. Okay. So that was out. But I do, and I plan on going to mortuary school to do funeral directing. Okay. Yeah. That's like, yeah. yeah. She did say that. Yeah. And I was slightly surprised when I didn't know you well. Now that okay. I know you well, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It totally makes sense. You know, it's funny though, because people have different reactions. Not that I tell people for a reaction, because it, usually it's not a good one. But when you tell someone, you get one or two reactions like, really? And then interest. Because I understand it's not a job everybody wants to do. Or it's a job people think they might want to do, but then they, you know, find out they can't handle it. Yeah. You know what? That could be the case for me, too. I want to do some volunteer work first. But some people are shocked. And it's like, when you say you're going to go to mortuary school, they're like, you're going to serial killer college? And you're like, no, 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 man. Like, we take care of it after the fact. Exactly. Yeah. You're dealing with the aftermath. Yeah. It's funny. Because you have to, I mean, from movies I've watched, they have to take all the organs out and track everything, weigh everything, make sure everything was normal, blah, blah, blah. Am I wrong? Okay. The autopsy might be the, the autopsy. Okay, maybe like I'm taking the, the autopsy. The medical, yes. um, whatever. Yeah. And they, they're checking out a bunch. No, the funeral directors, they're just, I mean, I say just, they have a huge job. They're preparing the body for for the funeral. Right. right? And that may be, you know, embalming or whatever the yeah. case may be. But they're not the makeup, doing... makeup, dressing, all that kind of... Yeah, they're not doing any kind of forensic examination. Oh, okay. They may take measurements and stuff, but it's not... It's I not think, like them on the table with the T cross across the chest. No, I think no, I mashed both of those positions together. Just sometimes the media or I see the media. The media. Sometimes the movies do that. Okay. It's it's a little bit. Anyways, I need a soapbox for that. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I'm sure it does. It's an interesting business to get into, but it needs to be around. Well, it's one of those things, you know. Right. It's I kind of feel like people who like a job or interested in a job that's a bit offbeat it's almost like in a way it's your duty not duty because like whatever we all free will but it's almost in a way it's your responsibility to at least pursue checking that out because it's not a job everyone can do no you know like it's not something everyone can just grin and bear it so and yeah you kind of need it i mean we do it's a necessity so well and 
Uh, you said that you would love to do some volunteer work. That's a good idea. That's just it. Because I mean, yeah. it's one thing to say in theory, yeah, I think I have the chops for this, you know, knowing everything. But until you actually do it, mm -hmm. you know, so and plus, hey, there's nothing wrong with volunteer work on a resume. No, definitely not. And uh, you don't want to spend the time and money doing something yeah, and then going totally. into it and you're like, I can't do it. Yeah. See the first. Yeah. So, yes, volunteer work is would they do they do that in funeral homes? I'm I think wondering. they do because okay. I actually I know that they do. Okay. At least some. They You can volunteer to do. There's a word for it. Like there's a proper term, term or okay. position. But basically you go and help pick up uh, the deceased okay. wherever they may be. Nursing home, hospital, house. Yeah. Ditch. Uh, yeah. yeah. Not really. That would probably be a forensic person. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. Totally. So you, you help with those. And that's kind of, I mean, if you can get through that, you might consider pursuing the career. But if you can't get through that. Like that's the minor. Then you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? And that's like the minor. Yeah. And that's pretty minor compared yeah. to, yeah. What you're actually doing. So. But, yeah, exactly. I think you'd be, I think you'd be really good at it. Thank you. Yeah. I think I would be really good at it too. I think so. Not just because I want to be some cool goth chick. No. I'm already a cool goth right. chick. Yes, you are. From everyone I've spoken to who's also in the field, in the industry, they say that the hardest part of the job is actually dealing with the families. Yeah. And I think that's a I think just in general, you're dealing with the grieving. Yeah. But also, I think the people who are kind of drawn to that field are probably people who don't necessarily want to deal with people. Mm. Okay. Like, okay. I mean, if you're a people person, you're not going to want to go work by yourself at three in the morning with a dead person. Right? Like, yeah. That's not a people person job. No. Which, yeah, it's fine. It's a necessity. Yeah. So I, I think I'd be okay with, with the families. I think so. Kind of like hands off with the emotion part. Well, yeah. And you can't sit there and start sobbing with them. I would be horrible at it because I probably would start crying. Oh, yeah. No, you got to disconnect yourself. I can't. The only thing I think I'd struggle with or I know I would is, yeah. is you know, if one of the deceased was a child. A child. Yeah. Especially after now having been a parent first. Maybe if I went into the industry before having kids. Mm -hmm. But I mean, even still, it doesn't change the fact that something happened. It's just, it's the last thing you can do for a family. So yeah. And, it's, and, it's and good. exactly. I'm stupid emotional sometimes and I'm hormones have a lot to do with it. Not emotional. Well, I know I was like that. I mean, before, but I could control it. And then I hit menopause. The hormones are all, mm -hmm. you know, someone starts talking about something sad. I start fucking crying. Dude, pregnancy was the worst. The stories is ridiculous. Yeah. Hormones, search it. When I was pregnant, I never watched the Olympics. It's just not my jam, right? Yeah, no, I, me I, either. So, but one day there was nothing on TV and I was, well, I lived by myself and I was pregnant and the Olympics were on and they were ice skating. I bawled through her whole performance. And then when it was done, I looked around. I know there's no one in my apartment, but I'm looking around, wiping my tears, going, well, that's stupid. Why did I do that? I don't even like this. And I'm oh, fucking no. bawling because it was so beautiful. I couldn't stop crying. But I felt like the biggest idiot on the face of the earth. And I'm like, these fucking hormones, man. No, it's it's real. It's yep. so real. It's so real. It's so real. But with menopause, some of that's come back and I hate it. It's a bit of a lingering thing. I mean, I, I, I'm not there yet. I'm like almost at perimenopause. I think that starts youngest at 35. It can actually 30. start. It can actually start in your twenties. Oh, cool! So, anyways, the shit you learn when you hit menopause early. Yeah, right. 
And did you know, I'm sorry not to interrupt, it can last for 15 years. That's what I was going to say is it can last for a while. Fuck being a woman sometimes. All the way. I developed this hormone disorder called, oh, now I can't even remember what it's called. What the hell is it called? Anyways, it's PMDD. Oh. Oh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. That's right. That's what I have. Shit, man. That is a trip. Yep. It's bullshit. Oh. And I had no idea. Holy just absolutely and so i talked to my doctor and she's like i asked you know when is it going to go away <laughs> yeah at what point am i going to be a little bit less of a psycho yeah um providing i'm not on my meds like i'm not a psycho people yes and um and she's like oh well you know eventually you'll start in menopause great i get to look forward to that so end of one thing how does that go out of the frying pan and into the pot i guess so yeah, yeah. so there's so many weird sayings cool cool, out cool, there. cool cool yeah well that was me basically i had PMDD and endometriosis and fibroids and all this amazing shit and then mm-hmm. went into menopause. So some of that other stuff's been alleviated, which I'm grateful for, but it's a whole other out of panic fucking shit. But I started menopause when I was 37. So I've been in menopause for let's math. Holy fuck. I'm gonna be 45 in April. So I've been in, in it for a while. Eight years. Yeah. I almost punched my doctor in Seven. the balls. When he told me it could last 15 years, I almost punched him in the balls. And I, I actually verbally said that to him. And he kind of went behind his table and he started laughing because he, he, he knew I was joking, but not joking. <laughs> joking, but low key. Not yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't. I was, but I wasn't. And I was like, uh, I want to punch you in the balls right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, don't even talk to me. It's not you. It's just I'm yeah. not. I can't. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I'm sorry. What? And here I am. And I bet you it is going to last the full 15 years, if not longer for me, because I'm lucky that way. So lucky. Just get to enjoy it longer. I'm trying to think. Enjoy. So I. uh, I mean, I am currently. You need a blanket. I feel like I have icicles. (laughs) But like you fan on you. Yeah. I don't even understand. Yeah. I feel like there's going to be penguins any second. So I am always cold and my house is always at under 18. So 17, 16 sometimes. But I don't want shit freezing. Right. (laughs) Because it's so cold outside. And then it's freezing. Yeah. It's marginally warmer. Well, yes. And then when people come over, I'm like, I'll turn it up. (laughs) Just like turn it up a few degrees. You know what? Now that I have this little blankie, I'll be good. It's my wrap. It's my Aboriginal wrap. I really love it. It's beautiful, isn't it? Absolutely stunning. Yeah. I got it at the Aboriginal store just down the street from me. I love it. Beautiful Haida art. It's amazing. You can't see it, but it's. Hi to art, and it looks like an eagle. Oh, there's a whole bunch. There's a whole bunch. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Chantal loves it too. And purple's my favorite color. So when I saw it in purple, I was like, yeah, I I can't. It's done. I can't leave without it. It don't zillion. Yeah. But yes, it's always fucking cold in my house. And I have a fan on me right now. And I'm super excited because I'm using a new software today recording software because the other one sucked so much and we had nothing but problems and editing was horrible so i tested this one out today and i am just be like over the moon i can have my fan on and you can't hear it uh with the other software you could hear it so i have a full fan on me right now in bet i have my ceiling fan i have another fan like it's a round fan but it's super strong and then i have a little fan on my bed facing me and steffi loves it too because yeah she always sleeps in front of it so i have three fans on in my room that's crazy i mean i always have a ceiling fan more for sound than or air circulation than anything else yeah but then consequently i have to have like more you know yep 
I feel bad. Like you're calling It's fine. It's not as bad as I'm making it. I know. But if penguins just like came out of nowhere, I'd be so happy. I'd be happy. And then I'd be concerned. Well, I would. I would I, be I'd have some follow up. <laughs> yes. Yes. But if they just kind of apparated out of nowhere, I'd just be like, yes, I love penguins. Even when an animal is not cute, they're cute. That's true. Chantel has recently started to like armadillos. It might be because I constantly sent her pictures and Instagram reels of them. She used to be, I'd use the word scared, but they really just like creeped her out, gave her the icks. Hmm. And I just think they're so ugly. They're cute. Yes, I totally agree. There's so many animals. I'm like, definitely ugly. They're, they're cute. They're, cute. they're like they're... endearingly ugly. They are. They're so cute. And, they oh, are. I absolutely love, I love armadillo. I love everything. I'm trying to think, is there an animal I actually hate? I might have to follow up on that because I don't know that there is. Honestly, I don't think I have an animal that I hate. I have a bug that I hate. I hate cockroaches. Cockroaches can fucking burn in hell. I don't think they even really serve that much of a point. I mean, I'm sure they must serve some point in the whatever. I don't I don't think they circle do. Circle of life. I, I don't I don't I can't. Maybe they're see. food for something? I don't know. They probably eat a lot of organic matter like dead leaves or otherwise i don't know i mean there's different types of cockroaches I, i'm talking about those fuckers that invade homes and shit like I've they're disgusting seen a cockroach. oh other than like in movies but they look gross yeah I, i'm and fine giant with, brown beetles I, i'm fine when they're bigger i don't mind the big ones Ugh. it's the little ones they are disgusting and when i was young and poor i lived in an, uh, a studio apartment which was about the size of this room i'm not joking and i had a washroom and then a little fridge and a hot plate and a sink yeah it was a cockroach infested apartment but it was the only thing i didn't know when i moved there by the way and well, I mean, uh, but it was all i could afford yeah at the time and then when i started seeing the cockroaches oh my god i was so disgusted when i moved out i had to individually take everything spray it put it in boxes and then seal the fuck out of it i bought so much tape so that they wouldn't continue to the next apartment I went to and they didn't thankfully but they're an invasive thing they yeah. gross me the fuck out well they're kind of like bed bugs in that way too like yes they can just get into your stuff and you just carry it with you pretty much that's and then when you see the woman or the woman sorry the female cockroach that's carrying eggs yeah it's this huge egg sack behind her those things live through anything okay so yeah you can like cut their head off or something i was just gonna say and i i may have actually talked about this i think we did when we were talking about our fears in another episode but that apartment that i was in i was in the washroom and here comes a cockroach so i had cup like that i would rinse my mouth with a paper cup and i threw it on on the thing and i noticed that i cut its head off oh no yeah it's still so i left it like i left the cup there i Put its head in the toilet, flushed, and I forgot about it. Yeah. Uh, a year later, I think it was. How do you forget about a cockroach under a cup? In because your I slid it away. Like, I just put it away. And then I, you know, okay, when you're trying, you don't want to think about something and your brain just kind of helps you forget about it. I like, your av- so. avoidance. Like, so I avoided like cockroach it. PTSD. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so when I moved out, and I don't know if it was a year later, but it was at least eight months later. A while a while i went oh right and i i i always clean a place when i move out of it mm-hmm. always I, and i don't understand when people don't like the the house i purchased in mississauga i was Toronto, gonna say because like you're a decent person because yeah 
when I moved into my place in, in Toronto, the, the house that I bought there, I was shocked at the fucking mess they left. Shocked. Yeah. I had to rent one of those bins. Yeah. The and they were out of, Yeah. And they were out of the country. So there was nothing I could do because I went so back to the mortgage company or the, you know, the, the company, the sales. And I was like, what? The f-? Yeah. But there was nothing they could do. They couldn't they couldn't get a hold of them. They were out of the country. They left the biggest mess. I moved into actually with Chantel. Chantel, oh, on Sean and I, yeah, we moved into an apartment that someone had been, prior to us, someone had been evicted. Oh, okay. And so I think they're just like, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to, you know. Why would, yeah. I'm not going to deal with it. And so we move in. And I mean, I had just, we had just finished cleaning our own house yep. that we had left. I mean, like. That's what you it's do. It's a big, deep clean, but it's not like it was bad. I mean, it was, whatever, it was clean. We lived there. Yeah. But we're moving into this new place. I think we cleaned probably three times as long in this new place. Jeez. It was disgusting. Gross. Gross. So I, I can't. I can't handle that. So that's what I was doing with this apartment. I was making sure I cleaned the shit out of everything. I sprayed everything with the cockroach spray for the new people moving in. Yeah. I slept with a can just in case. So, yes, I pick up the cup. The fucking thing starts running. No head. No head. No way. After that long. Yep. That's wild. And that day, I mean, I was already grossed out by them. That yeah. day, I went uh that that's yeah. my biggest fear i'm fucking cockroaches <laughs> oh i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it and it's not because i'm a fan oh i'm so disgusted anyway let's talk about something less gross yeah what would we even question about why did we get on to this topic this happens a lot when we that's record okay. i know both of you and that doesn't surprise me no it happens a lot have you listened to the adhd hour episode I don't think so. Oh, you should. Yeah. It I was going to say, it doesn't so... sound familiar. Listen to it. It is, my ADHD was off the charts that day. <laughs> it's funny how that works sometimes. Oh, yeah. It was great. I mean, it made for a great episode. Yeah. But yeah, uh, we do this a lot where we just are like, oh, yeah, what, what the fuck? Where, where did this start? Where did this conversation start? And why did it end here with cockroaches with their heads cut off? Uh, oh, because you're cold? No. We're talking about homes. I don't know. All right. Next. I, I, I can't. When I re-listen to this, I'm going to be like, oh, right. There's so, yeah. nothing new and interesting going on. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything new and interesting going on with me. Nothing that I want to share to your worldwide fan base. Yeah. Let's not do that. There's a lot of stuff I do not want to share either. But I do share a lot. A few people have actually said to me. Wow, that was super personal. You were okay yeah. sharing that? I'm, I'm like, yeah, but it's me. Yeah. There obviously are certain things you don't share, but I'm not embarrassed. No, I mean, some things are kind of just, you know. Yeah. When I was younger, yeah, for sure. There was, you don't talk, you don't talk about your shit. Now I'm like, I'm an open book. But yes, of course, there are some things you do not talk about. I know I've, I've, uh, I mean, there's certain things I haven't talked about on here. And my friend Sierra, she was actually a guest on, the podcast and she's a photographer up in Vernon and she has a podcast as well and it's called Pillow Talk and she has got it's a lot shorter and she has you said photographer sorry to interrupt you yeah no that's okay yeah she's a photographer I follow her on Instagram I know other people who have either modeled or of okay yeah just kind of she's amazing yeah they're amazing her work is beautiful yeah she I've actually known her longer than Chantal incredible yeah so, i don't know her personally i just follow the page oh well i don't remember such a, how i got to it what a small world of a friend of a friend kind of thing but yeah 
amazing stuff. Oh my god, her, her photography is amazing. I know. You I just liked one today, and I was like, oh, yeah. Today, I'm going to contact them and see. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but well, well you have you have to, never date. I have. She gifted me for my Harry Potter birthday party. She gifted me a session, mm-hmm. and I haven't taken her up on it yet. And she keeps saying, and I'm like, I know, I know, but you need to because I have my. I want to finish my legs, my sleeves on my oh, legs yeah. first, and I'm hoping to have that done by December, and then I'll do the shoot. But she gifted it to me for my birthday, and I was like, thank you, holy yeah. fuck! So remember the wedding I went to with Chantel this summer. I think you guys went to a couple. Of the, I don't know. No, we just went to one wedding in the summer, and that was Sierra's wedding. Oh, no, I mean, I thought you guys went to a couple different ones, but yeah. No, we went to concerts. We went to a number of different concerts. Maybe that's yeah, that's thinking, what you're yeah. thinking of. Yeah, but only the one wedding, and it was yeah, Sierra's it was, wedding. Yeah. yeah. She She's amazing. I absolutely love her. Where was I going with this now? Holy fuck. God damn it. I don't know. Oh, you're talking about how much you share. Right. Yes. Thank you. So with her podcast, and the full name is The Real Talk with Pillow Talk Studios. She has guests on, come on, and it's always different topics like religion or sexuality or whatever. And she's asked me to be a guest on her podcast, but with her wedding and everything, she kind of put a a hold on that for a little while. And then she wanted to have her brand ambassadors do episodes with her, but I'm definitely going to be doing one with her. I'm looking forward to setting up a time with her because I will definitely talk about things that are not discussed in this podcast and they are crazy i have zero issue discussing them but they are just not part of the true crime aspect of my podcast let's kind of like read the room not read yeah that's the wrong phrase but like it's just it's not the no it's not the vibe it's yeah it's not the content yeah and and that we actually talk about that because i i said talk about your photography talk about your podcast and and I can't remember how she worded it, but she said, Diana has lived like 10 lives or something like that. And yeah. she's like, you guys would be shocked. So, and I promise when I do record with her, I will let my fans know so that they can go and listen to it if they want to hear that part of my life. Because they're, oh man, I could write a book. Mm-hmm. I could write several books. But yeah, so it's one of those things I don't necessarily share here. It's not the, the vibe. Topic. It's not the topic, exactly. But there it totally is. She doesn't have one particular topic that she brings up with her guests and her guests have such interesting stories. And I absolutely love it because it's not just us that are going through shit. And it's so interesting to hear from others and realize that it's not just me. So I love listening to the different stories and I think other people will absolutely love it. It is a shorter podcast. She does not have the hour plus like we do. But they are phenomenal episodes, and I highly recommend everyone give it a try because you might actually find some common ground with some of the people that are guests on her show. And if you're feeling alone, you're not. And I know a lot of these stories will hit close to home. Find the podcasts that I'm usually drawn to the most are the ones that are less conversational and more factual. Mm. But I think that's because I have three kids that are blah, 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 and never stop. Probably. So I'm kind of like, just read me a textbook. That's all. I, I have enough talking going on around me. Yeah. I actually do listen when I go to sleep. I mean, I have a, a bunch of stuff I listen to when I go to sleep, but there's one where it reads you boring shit. 
Oh, nothing every, much happens? Maybe. Uh, the best. There's a few that I listen to. They're so good. And it'll, for the kids, too. Mm-hmm. And it'll, uh, you know, be what this one in particular, they'll read from the encyclopedia. <laughs> Random shit. You know what? That's cool. Right. I had an encyclopedia set as a kid mm-hmm. and I loved it. This was like, you know, pre-internet. No, encyclopedia. That's Forget what people had. If you had an encyclopedia in your home, like a set, like, whoa. I don't know that it was like a full set. Okay. We were not fancy. No. But if you. But it was if that's we what had you did. a few. And I literally read them. But I mean, I've always liked that. Yeah. So did I. So that's why I, I like these podcasts where they just read to you. And this one in particular will read different things. And yeah, they'll read a section of the encyclopedia. The one I listened to last night was like some kind of law. Like, you know, when you're studying to become a lawyer and they read that whole section. And I was, I would probably not be able to fall asleep. I'd be like, really? Paper notes. Oh shit. Okay. No, it makes me, cause it's just, and the tone of voice and stuff like that. That's a big part. Yeah. Sometimes we'll just put on like planet earth, listen to David Attenborough, 30 seconds of David Attenborough. He's lovely. Like the most amazing human. 30 seconds of his voice and I'm gone, just asleep. So I've had a few people say to me that they could fall asleep to my voice. And I've always hated my voice. But since I started the podcast, I actually really like my voice now. You have a lovely voice. Thank you. I hated it for my whole life. Yeah. Once I started the podcast and started editing, and obviously you're re-listening to yourself, of course, it was kind of cringe at first. But then I learned to love my voice. You know, Chantel tells me about her voice and she hates it. She hates it still. And she she, still does. She'll text me and say, I'm editing her stuff and I fucking have to listen to my voice and I hate it. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, okay. She has a beautiful voice. She really does. I really, uh, yeah. And she really, really does. And she'll get over it in her time. And oh, sure. Her feelings are valid. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, I'm shocked. Yeah. I know that she struggles with that. I'm shocked that I got over it as quickly as I did. And Chantal's like, I really hope I do one day. And I'm like, maybe one day, right? Yeah. Just don't be so hard on yourself. It sounds weird to everyone, though. Well, like totally. your own voice. Because I don't know how it works with, you know, how we process sound. But mm-hmm. like, we don't hear our voice the way that. Oh, no. Yeah. The first time I heard it as a kid, I recorded well, I something. An answering machine. I went, yeah. And I went, Shut that's me. Yeah. Like, that doesn't sound like me. Like, I couldn't it understand. It sounds like a whole other person. I couldn't understand. Yeah, exactly. I couldn't understand that that was me as a kid. I was like, that's that's not me. That's not what I sound like. Mm-hmm. Well, to me anyway. Yeah. But yes. And, and I've told her and not because I prompt people, but I've had friends listen to the podcast and a number of them have said she has a really nice voice. And I'm like, I know she hates it, but I know. And I tell her and then, she, of course, she's like blushing and oh, I know. whatever. So and, and sweet. Yes. But I understand. Like I do. I I'll be honest. I'm shocked at how quickly I got over it. Yeah. I've hated my voice my whole life. But then I I think the older I get too, the the more I'm learning uh, to accept things quicker. I don't know if that makes sense, but I don't know. I don't know if that was the right wording for it. But she hopefully will get over that. I, I really hope so because she does have a beautiful voice. She's got a voice you can listen to mm-hmm. all the time. And I love it. It's just very pleasant and she enunciates. Like I know for myself, I I tend to have I have a deeper voice and I speak kind of quietly. So I kind of see what mumbled, but like monotone, maybe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Chantel really enunciates all of her syllables and Mm -hmm. yeah, she doesn't, she does. She doesn't mumble. It's so funny because I feel like my voice is so much deeper than yours, but yes, we all have deep voices for women and it's awesome. 
Yeah. But anyway, so I've had a few people say this to me. And then one of my friends and then a coworker said it could literally fall asleep listening to your voice. Well, that's nice. I, I told Chantal about this for a while. I've been considering starting a sleep podcast and I don't know, but I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to read something. I don't know. That'd be hard because, like, you'd have to figure out licensing rights and stuff to read right. something. Exactly. But I mean, if you could, like, that'd be really cool. Yeah. So I, I want to. There's another podcast I listen to. Oh, what's it called? Shit. I can't remember. When I remember, I will let you guys know. It's this guy, this older guy, and he just talks about random shit the whole time. And I've played it for, played it for a few people, but a few people have heard it. Mm -hmm. And we're like, I can't, ew, I can't handle his voice. And I was like, really? Because it puts me right out. I love yeah. it. But that's the whole point. He's yeah. just talking about. So I, I'm wondering if I should go down that kind of path. Maybe. And then I don't have to worry about licensing and all that kind of stuff. I have really been considering doing that because I've had so many people reach out and say, I could, I, they don't talk to each other. So if all these people are saying it, I'm like, hmm, maybe this is something I can do. Yeah. Pursue, right? Like, just be another well, thing. If you need a guest, yes. fellow deep-voiced, yes, yes, monotone person. Totally. I mean, we can all do it. You, me, and Chantel. Yeah, but Chantel wouldn't put me to sleep. Oh, right. Chantel wakes me up. I remember yeah. living with that kid. She'd be up at the butt crack of dawn, and everyone in the whole house is like, oh, Chantel, shut up. She's still awake super early. I don't, I'm not a morning person. I'm not either. I don't. And I mean, all props to her. I I'm wish I was. Jealous. Exactly. Yeah, it's coming from a place of jealousy. I'm jealous. That... I'm not a human until like noon. I mean, I'm up. I have responsibilities. But I'm I'm a barely functioning. <laughs> yeah. I do not do well either. I'm very, and I've told her this. I'm yeah, super jealous of her. I could stay up all night. But yeah, then I have to sleep all day. Yep. Pretty much. With a podcast like that, you would have to change your tone. So, I yeah, mean, you have to speak quiet yeah. and steady and, and you have to. Yeah. So I think it would be different. You can't just rattle off. No. And laugh and all that. Yeah. You know, no. like we do on this podcast. It would be something, obviously, that I think, yeah, if she talks like these sleep podcasts talk. Yeah. That her voice could put someone to sleep. Sure. I think yeah. so. I mean, it's a lovely voice. Right. Sounding has, voice. She has a beautiful voice. I love it. And she keeps apologizing to me for having to listen to her. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. But not literally. Not literally, because I like your voice, but shut the fuck up. Because she's how she is in general. There's a meme. Well, I see a meme going around. I sometimes I say things and I sound 80, but in, that's just who I am. There's a meme that the young people are saying. No, there's a meme. And it's something about like calling 911. Like, if you have time, if you don't mind, if you. Yeah, yeah. If it's okay. You can just run me over. Yeah. But it, that is Chantel. And 100%. so endearing. She's she's lovely. such a sweetheart. They would go to the ends of the earth for that. Yep. Yep. That kid. I say kid. She's a kid. She's, I know, but she's she, your kid's sister. She's my kid's sister. And I that's mean, why. We could be 80 and 83 and I'll. She'll still I'll be your like, kid's sister. Kid. She'll be, but she'll still be. Well, that's what, that's the case with a lot of relationships. Like Josh, he'll always be my little boy. He's twenty three. Yeah, I mean, and six I, foot. I tell my girls, my babies, all yeah. the time. Yeah, he, he, and I always say, my little boy, my boy. Like he's always going to be my little boy. Yeah, I'll be eighty. He'll be, you know, sixty. Yeah, it's my little boy. I had to have that exact conversation with my oldest. I'm not a baby. He's like, Aww. listen, listen, you. Yeah, this is why we're. This is why I'm saying it. This is where it's coming from. Yeah, I'll be 84. You'll be 60. Yeah, you're still you're, my baby, and you're gonna be a baby. Yeah, 
And that's just the way it is. Oh, there is this meme that I saw going around a while ago, and it's the cutest fucking thing in the world. It's this older lady. She's like a hundred different daughters sitting beside her. So she pulls out candy from her pocket and hands it to her daughter, and her daughter's like 80. And her daughter grabs it and just starts laughing. It's so adorable, like yeah. seeing that. So when I saw that meme, it like warmed my heart. Yeah. But it was just so cute. I'm like, yeah, I'll be like that. Yeah. Like, totally. Because they're always your babies. They are. Yeah. It's true. Yep. Well. Speaking of babies, your furry baby is sitting on my Skittles bag. Oh, Erwin, yeah. They they have no, uh, they, I mean. No well, boundaries. Animals do not Can you understand imagine boundaries. imagine just going and sitting on someone's Skittle bag? Yeah, well, they're Excuse like. Excuse me, sir. Yeah. That's okay. He's, He's like, cute. I'm sorry. Is that a problem? I, you know what? I'm encouraging it because I'm petting him. So. He's so cute. Yeah, he really is. He really is. And my cat's so not friendly. Nala? Well, she's a. You know what? I should say that she's really friendly to Sean. Yeah, she's tolerates me. Yeah, and mostly she doesn't like anyone else. So. Well, when I was there, she she was rubbing herself against me, and I was petting her. But then yeah. when she had enough, she went. Yeah, she has enough, and instead of just like letting you know, like, she, like or walking away. You. Well, and you're yeah, like, cool, good talk. <laughs> she. She didn't attack me. She just went, and I was like, all right, oh, I understand. Because usually petting ends with an abrupt drawing of blood. No, she did not do that at all. No, she she came up and started rubbing herself on my legs and stuff. So I was like, all right, permission to pet. <laughs> it has been granted. So yeah. I was petting her. And then when she had enough, she just turned around, hissed. And then I went, all right, obviously, enough yes. is enough. But she didn't attack me or anything. Nice. Yeah. She's got that ginger cat attitude. She's kind of like a creamy ginger. She's pretty. I love ginger cats. Yeah, she's a really pretty ginger cat. But she's got that attitude where you're like, okay. I'm done. Like, I'm done, fine. bitch. How do you not know this? Yeah. Sorry, I forgot my mind reading cat. Yeah, I know. Dr. Er- Doolittle one. Right? Yeah, Erwin is the most friendly, outgoing, sweetest cat ever. He is a fucking asshole, but all cats are. Oh, well, I mean, yeah. It doesn't matter. That's matter. Kind of a scene. But he is. It's he's it's so really cute. Nice. It's refreshing. He's so like, cute. Oh, God, that actually lets me like pet him. Well, when Leo Leo's the same. I don't know where he is right now. He's he's the oldest. He's gonna be fifteen, which is really Bengals, their average lifespan is a lot shorter, well, shorter than the average domestic cat. So house cats can live between twenty and twenty-five years, which is not super common, but like no. they can. Bengals, their max is 15, and he's there right now. So, quite a, so, you know, like, instead of an average of 15, yeah. it's more like an average of 10. Yeah. So, him and his brother, they're actual brothers, uh, same dad, different mom. So, Neil is about two and a half weeks older than him. They're going to be 10 in April. Wow. And that breaks my heart, because I still call them my kittens. Again, going back to what yeah. we were talking about. I still call oh, them my yeah. kittens. All dogs are puppies to yeah. me. Yeah, I still call them my kittens. And then Leo, I call my old man, because he is. Yeah. But he is 15 now. So I know he's I know he's there. Yeah. Obviously. That's such they... a hard thing to count. I know a few people that are going through some pet stuff, and it's just like, oh, my God. You know, it's just heartbreaking. It is. Well. You get so bonded to them. And they become family. I mean, they are family. Totally. Yeah, it's they help you through so much. Totally. And I'm I'm kind of going through that right now because she. Steffi. I'm actually surprised she's still here because both of her breeds usually live to about 14 and she's going to be 17. Yeah. And that is like 99. Yeah. Or older for her, actually. So because I remember doing the math. 
She's old as balls. Old lady. She is a little old lady, and that's she what I call her. Like the little old lady from the Titanic at the very end. That's Steffi. That's what I think of. Yeah, it's like it's been a hundred years or however that yep. goes. So the fact that she's still around, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. Sure, yeah. but I know it's going to happen soon, and that breaks my heart because I've had her since she was one. It's one of those things. At least speaking for myself, like I, we had a cat like that, sassy, mm-hmm. and we had to put her down shortly after I had my first. We decided to kind of hold off on it a little bit, yeah, because my husband was concerned about me with my pregnancy, like being at the end. Do we yeah. really need to go through this kind of grief? So, and she okay, but shortly after I had my first, we put her down, and I'd had her at that point for sixteen years, yeah, and I was twenty four, so I'd had her for two thirds of my life at that point, yeah, and. I mean, it was different. I was able to detach myself a little bit because you knew it was coming. And I kind of like, I also do really well with death. Big surprise. You do. Yeah. Um, And I kind of prepared myself mentally and emotionally for it. Mm-hmm. But it's still rough. You know, it's it's not. I don't do well with death in the sense where like I can't hold back. Yeah. Even though I know it's going to happen. But when it finally happens, like when I had to put Darwin down because of the cancer in his jaw. It just got to a point where it was time. He, yeah. it was. Um, you just know. Well, the osteo- Well, I'll show you photos. Like his jaw went like this. Like the osteosarcoma got so big that it started pushing against his esophagus, and he constantly was hacking. Yeah. And I was like, "This is not fair." No. And at a certain point, it's not. An it's not fair. Anymore. No. It's it's us being not wanting to lose them. Of course, but being. I mean, it's it's selfish. That I, I was like. Thank- and, yes, and you yes. know, people do it to even their loved ones. You'll I know. see them with them in the hospital. I know. You know, don't go, don't go. You can do it. It's, it's selfish. Like, what are you doing that for? It's selfish, <laughs> but I understand why. Yeah, it's understandable. Of course, I understand the selfishness because you don't want to lose that person or that animal. Totally I completely get it. Totally. I've had to put a number of animals down. I've had num- a number of animals pass away in my arms. And yeah. it, it's not easy either way, by no. the way. And I know. I've been preparing myself for her death for like five years so i'm like you're still around i'm super fucking grateful but her cataracts has got so bad that she has a hard time seeing her hearing she can barely hear you now she's constantly getting stuck behind stuff like she'll just kind of walk behind something and then all right i can't move and then she'll just like an npc in a video game pretty much it's exactly what she does that's exactly what she does that's kind of cute it It is it makes me think of that I know, but you're not wrong at all. That's exactly what it's like. So if I can't find her, I, I'm like, all right. And then I start looking behind furniture and stuff. Yeah. Because, and I've I've moved everything in a way where she won't, but like, I can't do that with everything in the house. But yeah. like, she's just, she's just that old. It's kind of like toddler proofing almost. Hmm, totally. But it's like that with people, you know, people yep. kind of end back into the whole toddler. Exactly. Like it, like an art. Exactly. It's not so much a circle, I guess. No, I guess it's, a circle. it's not a circle. But yes, it's the exact same thing with her. So again, I've been preparing myself for a very long time. I have no idea when she's going to go. And even though I have been preparing myself for like five years, when she does go, I will fucking die inside. Yeah. I mean, there's only so much preparing you can do. Yeah. But it's wise to prepare ahead of time because not yeah. everyone does. And then I it do. happens and they're like, when did this, like, where did this come from? And it's like, well, you're done, 100. Yeah. The one death that really fucking hit me was Carl. Yeah. Because he had a heart attack. Yeah. And he was going to be 10. And that's so sudden. You're not expecting it. No, that that's, was. That's the difference, right? I mean, 
they're all hard, but he could still be here today. That's the thing. It's, yeah, it's like an old person, yeah. an elderly person. That's a nice way of saying that. An elderly yeah. person passing away yeah. versus someone just dropping dead from a yeah. heart attack or exactly. something else. And it's just not, you know, how it's supposed to be. So no. it's upsetting. With Darwin, I was preparing myself because he had a heart condition and he was on medication for it. And the vet had told me that depending on how he does with the meds, he can live about three to six months. But he ended up living an extra three years, which was not expected. Wow. And what ended up killing him was the cancer that he got after. Yeah. So his meds weren't cheap because he was a bull master for Rottweiler. So he was massive. So, was, so yeah, he yeah. needed twice, if not more than most of the other Totally. Dogs. I was spending about 600 bucks a month. Jesus. On his meds. Yeah. And, but that's my boy. And, well, yeah. I mean, you know, when you take totally, an animal in, no judgment, but like, yeah. wow. It was, I did not think he was going to live that long. And then it just became normal. Right. Yeah, you just I gotta, kinda, I just gotta well, buy this. Part of the budget now. Pretty pretty much. Because I wanted him to live. Totally. And then all of a sudden I noticed his his jaw was slightly swollen. And I thought he might have uh eaten a bee or something because he's done that right, before. That makes sense. But then the swelling on the one side wasn't going away. And then it, it got a little bigger and I went, all right, something's not right. So I went, okay, this obviously isn't going, it's not an allergic reaction. Maybe it's his tooth, he has an abscess something right well you see the problem solving from the bottom you're not yeah. gonna there's a phrase in the medical field if you hear hoofbeats guess horses and not zebras or something to that effect oh, i've never heard that but i mean that makes sense i think i saw, heard that yeah. i i did not come up with that i'm not nearly clever enough i think i actually <laughs> heard that on the show house oh i love that show oh my, oh my god i love that show so much um but yeah basically yeah don't okay. assume the craziest no. So I took him in, assuming that it was going to be an abscess in his tooth or something. Because Steffi right. had that one day. All of a sudden, her, she's so small. Like she, I mean, compared you to Darwin, it, right away. it was like, holy crap, what's that? Mm -hmm. So I took her in and yes, it was an abscess. So she had to have dental surgery. But when I rescued her, they, one of the first things the uh, center that I got her from said to me is she will always have problems with her teeth because she basically was in a frat house and all these guys starved her and beat her because it was hilarious. I can't. N neither just, can I. I don't. Anyways. I, I just. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So she was constantly vomiting uh, stomach acid. So okay. her teeth, the enamel was oh, completely gone. Yeah. So she was always going to have issues with her teeth. So she's had two surgeries yeah. to remove teeth. But anyways, that one, the doctor, obviously there was, it had to, it had to come out. So she had to have surgery and then she had to have surgery again later for something else but anyways it was all of a sudden she's got this like her face half her face is swollen so yeah i was so sad i have photos i'll show you but yeah it was like sad but cute it's i know it was so sad because like it broke my heart and i wanted to make her feel comfortable and it was like what do i do yeah darwin it, yeah so i thought oh same kind of thing right maybe yeah and then of course the doctor's like well it could be this it could be this the, the vet doctor could be this could be this obviously you have to approve them research like trying yeah. to figure it out and of course i was like yeah let's let's figure this out because it's not going away and came back with it's cancer yeah and i was devastated and it just kept growing yeah and when and he was still on meds he was on meds for pain and stuff but when i eventually said goodbye was uh it started hurting him to yawn 
that's not okay. Yeah. It was hurting him to yawn and it was pressing. And that, from what I understand, dogs yawn a lot when they're uncomfortable, even like emotionally uncomfortable or in, well, physically if they're in pain too. Mm -hmm. So if they're, he's, you know, not feeling well and he's yawning because of it. And then he's hurts. in pain. Yeah. Yeah. That's not great. I couldn't. I called the vet that day. Yeah. And bawled my eyeballs while, while I was on the phone. decision you'd ever make in your whole life. Yeah. So um, I, I went like, in. You carry it to a kid, right? Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine. Oh. I don't even want to imagine. I don't want to imagine. So I went in and he gave me these meds that you give him before I bring him in because it almost completely knocks them out. Yeah. The two pill kind of. Yeah. System. So I. Ugh, that day. I still fucking cry about it, by the way. It's tough. It's it's those hard things you just got to revisit sometimes and then put it back in a box and put it on the shelf. And yeah. At least that's how my neurodivergent brain works with things. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I can't deal with this unless I specifically take it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and picked up the pills. And he was like, you can bring them in today. You can bring them in tomorrow. And I was like, it has to happen today. I don't want him suffering more. Mm -hmm. So. Brought him home. A few people came over to say goodbye. I hugged the shit out of him. Fuck, I'm sorry. That's okay. After, maybe two hours after I had pills, I gave it to him. And he said, let it work for about 15, 20 minutes. And he was awake, but he was so woozy. Yeah. And with him too, I was obviously preparing myself. And it's still obviously not easy for me. And he passed away, what, five years ago? Yeah. And I still fucking cry. You can never be totally prepared. Oh, fuck no. No. So. And that shows how much you love them. Because if you didn't care, I mean, how, yeah, you couldn't. No. So, I couldn't keep him alive longer. Like, that's not fair to him. He was suffering. And I've done that with all my animals, as hard as it is. I've done yeah. it with all of them. And uh, I know she's going to be hard for me. Because I've had her for so long. Steffi, yeah. Darwin, because of his breed and size, wouldn't live as long. So he was 11. Fuck. Two years. Yeah. For that size, it's usually really? 10 to 12 years. It's not long. Okay. That just is the same, by the way. And I prepared Chantel before she got yeah. her. Like, And she she knew. Obviously, oh, yeah, she's she done knows. her research and stuff. But it was kind of like, just be prepared, man. Well, but even, hard. yeah. But even then, like, I knew when I rescued him that... And I rescued him as a puppy. I got him when he was four and a half months old, almost five months old. I knew it was going to be a short relationship with him. Oh, that's yeah. not the word. A short, short time with him. I don't know. Maybe that's even worse. But... Yeah, I know. Short and sweet. I'm done. Um, no. So I knew it was, I wasn't going to have him around for, for a very long time, but like, look, he stole my heart. He was the he best was... boy ever. Yeah. His golden years. Yeah. He spent his golden years with you. So. His hospice years. Totally. So, yeah, I had to say goodbye. Yeah. I've had to say goodbye to other animals. I know Steffi is going to go soon-ish, but she surprised me because I thought <laughs> that was going to happen a while ago. Five years. And you know what? That is okay because I've seen pictures and memes and all the, you know, this dog just celebrated his 25th birthday and you're like, what? I mean, as long as they're happy and healthy. Yeah, and she is. She's just slowed down a lot. She can't yeah. jump anymore like she can't do all that kind of stuff but she's old as balls so if she lives till she's 25 it's great you're here like i don't all know the how time. much of your work you've divulged but like you're home a lot with your job yeah i have never talked about 
what I actually do. And I want to keep it that way. But I, I work from home. So I'm always here. Nothing always, weird. always, always. She's no. not a quote-unquote accountant. Thank, thank you. Thank, Shit, I never even thought about and that. And I do accounting things. No. things accountants do. Funny enough, though, it is in the financial field. Well, but nothing weird. No, not at all. So I'm meeting with clients over not Zoom. Weird. Weird's the wrong word. No, um, I have jobs of all kinds. But totally. nothing, nothing. Sexual un- and all that. Unmentionable kind of for all no. viewers. I never even thought about that. So no, thank I, you. I dropped in my head. I'm like, maybe she'd appreciate me pointing out. And yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Nothing to be ashamed of. No, not at all. But no, I n- yeah. never even thought of it, dude. Thank you. But no, it's nothing like that. It's but I just work from home. I used to travel to homes before to meet clients in person. But COVID kind of changed all that. So everything's done over Sitting Zoom now. Ever. Yep. Uh, like, just for me. Like that uh, is a whole new. I'm oh, not fuck, even yeah. going to try to sing, but. Yeah, it's literally that. So literally so that. now I work from home at doing Zoom meetings instead of actually meeting people in person. So I'm home all the time with her. Yeah. So it's a, it's if she de- not decides, but if, if she lives till she's 25. Hey, great. I'm here. If she needs you, you're there. Yeah, pretty you're much. Not like gone for eight hours a day kind of thing. No. So I, I let them out like, oh, my God, sometimes twice an hour. I have to constantly, she can't hold it anymore. Yeah. I've tried the diaper thing. I still have them. I still will put them on, but it, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't work as well as I was hoping it would. Yeah. So I have like to let her out. Little pants. Yeah. Oh, it's adorable because I got her the rainbow uh, suspenders to keep them on oh. because they they come off. So I I got rainbow suspenders for her. It's adorable. It's like little clear icon. Right? Love it. Perfect. That's Love why it. I got it. Absolutely love it. <laughs> so I need to let her out more often. Yeah. And even if she's sleeping, I'll wake her up and take her out because I know she needs to go. Well, that's dedication. And I mean, then at least you're doing all the things you got to do. She still has accidents in the house. Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. But I mean, that's the decision you make when you yeah. decide you're going to have yeah. a and golden years dog. And that's why I ripped out all the carpet in my house. There you go. Hardwoods are the shit. Seriously. I ripped out all the carpet because I was like, nope, one of my cats is a fucking asshole, Leo, the old shithead. He pees on stuff all the time. And I've had to... (laughs) I've had You and your crew of geriatric animals. Right, right. Like Diana's zoo of the elderly. It's gone gone to that point. I know. It's gone to that point now. It's good, though. I say that with love. It's just, it's it's funny. That's all. Well, It paints a picture. Yes. And, well, Frank... The asshole we talk about all the time. He's going to be 13. Oh, my God. This next month in February. Yeah. He's going to be 13. When I rescued him, he was nine. And his bonded pair was Einstein, the little. And he was 14. Yeah. He died when he was 18. So I knew I knew adopting them meant I'm not going to have as much time with them, but I could not leave them there. Yeah. Yeah. Three things against them. Chihuahua. Bonded pair. And old. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, it's fine. Uh, I'm bringing so nice because you know what those old animals no one I don't them. know but I'm assuming they probably don't find homes as much so no it's no. a lot harder for them and it's easier if they're if, if it's just the one but when it's yeah. a bonded pair it's harder so I couldn't I could not so I knew I I honestly thought Einstein I had a year with him I got four years with him yeah and I still ball my eyeballs out so I ended up getting more time with him, but I kept falling in love with him more and more. So it was harder in the yeah. end. <laughs> but he was a sweetheart to begin with. I just didn't want him dying there. Yeah. 
So if I had a year with him, great. At least I gave him a year of not totally. being. And that's so stuff. cool. So Frank, that fucker is going to live forever. I swear to God. He's a. And ever and ever. Uh, <laughs> he's a fucker. He's I love not him. He's going to die out of spite. No, I love him so much, but he is a fucking asshole. I know. Biggest asshole in the world. And he is going to live forever. I, I promise you. Or I'm convinced anyway. <laughs> that's how I feel about this chat. <laughs> I actually do like her. No, mm-hmm. she's she was sweet to me. Maybe my vibe's different. I don't know. It's happened. Okay, when I used to go to people's homes for work, I'd have animals come out and get up all in my face, and I have photos of it. And the people be like, they do not like people. Yeah, and person maybe vibe. it's vibe. I don't know because I was at a client's home one day, and they have a chihuahua that they would hide from everybody because it hated everybody as chihuahuas do well yeah and that meant their family as well yeah this fucker came out and jumped into my bag and just loved me and jumped into my lap and they could not believe it and i i get i don't know i think it's my vibe so when i left their home Mm -hmm. (laughs) i was going to my vehicle opened the door he jumped into my my vehicle that's so funny there is a cat that lives in the neighborhood when i go pick my kids up mm-hmm. i mean it hasn't happened since last year because i haven't had my windows wide open this cat frequents you know how it is school pickup everyone lines up yep parks on the side of the road whatever yep you have your windows open this cat kind of like goes from one car to the other car the ones that are parked on the road and uh, goes right in your car just comes visits like <laughs> climbs back out again and that's it, awesome yeah, because I'm like, this, you know, this is a accident waiting to happen. Totally. But it's just, he's so comfortable. It's it's really cute. And he's so friendly. I love it. I think maybe he's just kind of used to like, yeah, same time of the day situation. Probably. Anyways, I have a few animals now that are definitely on their way out, which breaks my heart and will always break my heart. But I also have a bunch of animals that were going to be with me until my 60s. Like, it's a lot of... And my snakes? Yeah, your snake. They they can live up to 30, 35 years in captivity. Well, maybe when, you know, that day comes that you're no longer doing the whole nursing home for little dogs, you could get, you could do a parrot sanctuary because those things last. Oh last. my That's God. No, they live forever. But they live forever. There's like, one in Peachland. Do you know that? No, I want to go. Because you know I have a cocktail here. Yes. He's a colossal asshole. He is, but I love him because I love him, he's so sweet. But I abs- just, oh, anyways, that's a whole thing. Yes, it is. He's like a flying dinosaur. Cockatiels don't live as long as some of the big parrots. Yeah. Um, which is funny because like usually bigger dogs don't live. Anyways. Yeah. But he, we got him and he was seven, I think. Oh. And that was, oh shit, like two years ago. I didn't realize something. he was that old when you. Got yeah. Him. Oh, okay. Which is kind of why he's stuck in his ways. Cause like we got him and he was, I don't want to speak ill about a family I don't know, mm-hmm. but he was in a home that was a bit chaotic. It was a multi family home. Okay. So, I mean, it was fine. Like they are fine. It it's just wasn't, just, it wasn't, for him. it wasn't a good fit for a parent that needs like some quiet. Exactly. And my house of three young lunatic children. <laughs> Larry Gillum, right? Yes. Like their young kids is a quieter home for him. Jeez. So, yeah. But he, I mean, when we first got him, he would like 
fly and attack us on site. I know you told me that. The he walked in the room like it was a problem. We just keep him from the kids. Now he's okay. Like, yeah. you know, you've been around him. He'll land on your head or your shoulder. Yeah. You just can't really touch him or near him. But that, well, unless he lets you, because when I was there. Yeah, he'll put his head down. He put something. his head down. I was like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, this isn't. And he yeah. looked at you. I was like, does this mean I could touch him? <laughs> so I did. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Again, I think I like give that vibe off you to do. animals. But with him too, like he's good until he's not good. And then he's yeah. going to bite your finger. And his beak is so sharp. But anyways, so. I was saying how long they lived. I think around 25 years. I'm shocked. I had no idea. Yeah. I Holy. have to Google it and it could be totally wrong. But I feel like I think I remember reading that they live about 25 years. Because I remember reading that they live a shorter life in the wild. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. It's yeah, a rough totally. world out there for parents, yeah. for little birds. Well, even um, with the snakes and stuff in the wild, it's all. Yeah. yeah you never know. But in captivity, they live substantially longer. And I think it, yeah, I think it was that they live in captivity 20, 25 years. Holy cow, I'm shocked. So, I had no idea. But again, he's so mean. He'll probably live 100 years just to spite us. Yeah. Well, I think that's Frank. Yeah. Well, I think he'll live for fucking ever just because, you know. But yeah, so my snakes, they will live for a, a while, which I'm super grateful for. I'll be in my 60s, potentially early 70s, which sounds so fucking weird. Oh, my God. Anyways, and then the oxalotl, she was young when I got her. They live about 15 years. So I've got, and I'm I'm super fucking grateful for that as well. But yeah, I don't know. I just can't help myself. I I need to have animals in my life, even though, and I've had a number of people say this to me over the years, is why, like, why do you keep getting more animals? Because like, if if it breaks your heart so much, I'm like, because they need good homes. Yeah. I need to set aside my pain i suppose because you want to you yeah know, that's the only answer you owe anybody yeah and I'm not like, even that well, ex- well i know but but yeah i know what you're saying it's like, just like no like reason i'm doing it because you know they they deserve good like they deserve a, a good situation and i can give it to them so why wouldn't i yeah. do it yes it'll break my heart and it has every single time i've lost an animal but i feel good knowing that i gave them a good life sure yeah so anyway totally the weirdest not weirdest but the most not normal animal i guess i've had it was a praying mantis i've heard they can be pretty interesting pets they're so cool like they not, don't live long yeah and not something you handle obviously i handle. Gonna, oh no well so i was thinking her. like leash it up or play around both but you can even handle it just on your hand though really oh yeah no she i oh, I, I didn't think even that i found her it was funny i was up in the country in ontario which is not the country but, you know, I was doing quotations when I said that. Um, and I guess it flew into my vehicle and I didn't notice. So the next day I was backing out of my driveway about to take Josh to school and it was on my back window. And I said, Josh, don't freak out. Don't panic. Don't like make sudden movements. I was like, but if you turn around, you're going to see this on our window. And he did. And he was like, whoa, cool. And I left it, went to the pet store mm-hmm. on my lunch break. <laughs> what do you feed? A praying mantis. <laughs> so they told me uh well i mean crickets and all that kind of stuff so i grabbed a bunch and i had a little tank at home i grabbed twigs and all that kind of stuff and brought her in it was a girl and had her for almost a year yeah i had a uh jumping spider live in my kitchen i remember the pictures yeah when you called it frank i laughed because well he uh i had a kind of like 
just whatever. Oh, yeah. a wine glass sitting yeah. on my windowsill. And dusty old wine glass. And all of a sudden I saw this, you know, one day I saw this jumping spider in it. They're I adorable, by the way. I too much of it. Yeah, they're so cute. They're so adorable. And I should add, sub note, I am a recovering arachnophobe. I don't Which know, something amazing. changed in me when I had yeah. kids. I was like, I refuse to hand this down. It is such a... Because they will learn from you. encompassing phobia yeah. for me. It was, it was ridiculous. I was so bad. So, it, yeah, I was able to turn that around. And so, anyways, yeah, fast forward 10 years. There's this jumping spider. And it was so cute. And it was there for so long. And it would go away. And then it would be back. And it was, like, weeks. And so, finally, I think it went to, like, Value Village, some thrift store. Got a little jar, yeah, like not even a fish bowl size yeah, jar, yeah. and uh, yeah, put one of my little propagated plants and a little stick. I and saw. Made a whole little home, and I put him in there, and he walked around, and he does this thing that jumping spiders do, where they kind of like yeah, their front arms around. Yeah, oh, I, I love I it. Died. It's it adorable. So cute. But he went away, and I don't know where he went. So okay. you know, well, that was our deal, Frank. If I see you in the house anywhere other than your. Yeah. A little enclosure. If I can get you back, I will. Otherwise, sorry, dude, like you're getting squished. Yeah. Like you can live or here as put long him as outside. You... Well, yeah, I guess. You don't but... have to squish him. Well, <laughs> Just... it... <laughs> One time I did bring the jar over and I was like, no, no, get back in. Yeah. But then, yeah, if I can't get you, you. Yeah. This is part of our agreement. You can live here as long as I <laughs> He signed with his little waving arms. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, yeah, the praying mantis, she was super cool. And I loved uh, hearing the crickets in the house all the time. And yeah. I still do because I'll get them for Charlie, my bearded dragon. But she prefers the worms, like the super worms. There's mealworms and mm -hmm. then the super worms are like... Those big green ones? Like, no, no, those are... Oh, I forgot those the names of those. It's actually... It's disgusting watching them eat them. Oh. Because like they burst. Oh. No, thank you. No bueno. Yeah. Mm -mm. No, thanks. So, yeah, mealworms are super tiny, but the superworms are double the size. Yeah, that makes but, sense. Yeah, and, and superworms can actually bite where mealworms don't. Oh. So I, I handle them with tongs. I actually really like them. Sometimes I'll bring them to my desk because I like hearing the, like the, yeah. while they're doing their thing. Like, I will bring them to my desk and Chantel's always like, <laughs> what's going on with you? Like, make a cool sound, but yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's not like I'm handling them it's just a bunch of no. bugs in a container exactly. it just makes it kind of a sound that yeah yeah and it's it your brain cool. in a way you like it does and anyway so i will feed them to charlie because she absolutely loves them crickets i was feeding them to her as well but she is not as big a fan of crickets for yeah. some reason and crickets are a pain because you have to load them i say load them like you have to give them calcium to eat right well i do that with all of her food because oh. especially bearded dragons they can become calcium deficient and yeah. die it can kill them so i have calcium powder anything that i give her i cover it in right yeah so i do that with all of the, uh her food but anyways yeah she eats those why why am i talking about this fuck my brain i don't know hold on okay we're gonna take a small break and then i'm gonna get into my story we'll be right back guys okay here we go my sources are canadashistory.ca, article from the Vancouver Sun issued on March 25th of 1978, and the canadianencyclopedia.ca. My triggers for this episode are statutory rape, domestic abuse, and murder. 
My story today, guys, is about Joseph Albert Guay, or Guy, it's G-U-A-Y, and the Canadian Pacific Airlines Flight 108. Joseph was born on September 23rd of 1917 in Quebec. He was the youngest of five children and was said to be extremely spoiled and always expected to get his way. His family moved to a suburb of Quebec City after his father was tragically killed in a railroad accident at his work. As a teen, he worked as a commission door-to-door sales rep selling watches and jewelry and was described as very persistent and extremely good at sales. When World War II broke out in 1939, he got a job at the Canadian Arsenals Limited in Quebec. While working at the Canadian Arsenals, he met Junero Ruest. He then met Junero's sister, and her name was Marguerite Ruest Petri. Her, and they became friends. She was about nine years older than him, and their relationship was very much of a like mother son kind of relationship. He then met Rita Morel and got married in August of 1941 at the age of 23. When Canadian Arsenals closed in 1945, he decided to open up a jewelry and watch repair shop in Quebec City. The marriage was all fine and dandy, and they were extremely happy until. They had their first child. He hated, absolutely hated the fact that the baby took priority over his needs. Over time, his jewelry business wasn't doing well and he was going into major debt. In 1947, he started looking for a lover and met 17 year old Marie Ange Robitaille. I don't know how to say that. Marie Ange. She told him that she was 19. So he had no idea that she was 17. She was a waitress and apparently wasn't very bright. She knew he was married and had a daughter, but really didn't bother her. She didn't care. When he met her parents, he told them he was single with no kids. His wife found out about the affair in November of 1948 and called Marie's parents. They were not impressed and kicked her out. Marie called Joseph and told him what had happened. He then called his friend Marguerite and asked if Marie could stay with her. Marie moved in with Marguerite, but eventually Marguerite decided to move out shortly after she had moved in. And this left Joseph to pay for the apartment regardless of the amount of debt he had. Her parents eventually asked for her to move back in. They realized that it was probably not the best thing to kick her out, but she pretended to be living in Montreal. In 1949, Marie decided she did want to go back home and wanted to end things with Joseph. She borrowed money from her boss so that she could purchase a train ticket to go home. Joseph wasn't happy about her wanting to leave him and followed her to the train station, promising to cause a massive scene if she did not leave with him. She didn't want him to cause a scene, so she went home with him. He warned her not to escape, and just in case she tried, he burned her gloves and wore her coat to bed. This happened to be sometime in January, and it's cold as balls in Quebec, if you guys didn't know, in the winter, cold as balls. He wasn't going anywhere without her coat. The next morning, he wanted to make her feel like shit about wanting to leave him because, I don't know, I guess he feels like he's super, super special. And they didn't want her leaving the apartment. He wanted her to stay put. So he decided to bite her all over her face. And this was for the simple fact that she would be too embarrassed to go outside. 
He then went to the train station later that day and cashed in her ticket. In April of 1979, Joseph decided he wanted to murder his wife. He wanted to marry Marie, but divorce was almost impossible back then, especially if you were Roman Catholic. He offered to pay a family friend $500 to off his wife with some poisoned wine. His family friend had common sense and told Joseph that he was fucking crazy. And he said no. His name was Lucien Carrillo. In June of 1949, Joseph's wife became fed up with him and took her daughter and moved in with her mother. Marie finally left Joseph, returning to her parents, and got a different job at a closer restaurant. As Marie was walking to work one day in June, Joseph pulled a gun on her and threatened that if she didn't return with him, he'd shoot himself, and maybe her as well. Marie refused. Joseph persisted, but fled after a policeman heard them arguing and approached the two. The officer escorted Marie to her workplace and waited to see if Joseph would return. When he did return, because he's a dumbass, he was arrested and charged with attempted assault with a deadly weapon. Joseph called Marguerite, who got him a lawyer. The lawyer managed to get Joseph's charges reduced to illegally carrying a firearm. After spending only about one night in jail, Joseph was fined $25 and set free the following morning. Two days later, Joseph called Marie and said they had to meet. She reluctantly agreed, and Joseph told her that his wife was going to have her arrested for damaging his reputation. Joseph said Marie needed to immediately flee to Montreal and hide there until the alleged threat went away. Marie fled to Montreal with Joseph because she was afraid. Again, not very bright and very young. There he bought her some new clothes and apparently paid so much attention to her that she agreed to fly with him to Set-Ile. However, two were fighting once more within a week. At the end of July, Marie left Joseph again. Joseph had left her a note stating, I love you terribly. We'll be together again very soon. The end of the note instructed Marie to destroy it afterwards, but she did not. At this point, Joseph became serious about trying to kill his wife because he wanted Marie back. He believed the only way he could be with Marie would be to marry her. And since divorce was, as I mentioned, nearly impossible back then, the only solution was to kill his wife. Joseph reached out to Marguerite's brother, who happened to be a clockmaker and asked him to construct a time bomb to destroy an airplane. He was allegedly inspired by a Philippine case with an extremely similar motive. This was widely reported by North American media earlier that year. Given the technology at the time, it would be easy for him to avoid detection as long as the plane was destroyed over water, so there would be no evidence. He offered General money and a discount on a ring that he wanted to buy if he helped him. Junoro agreed and sought the help of his sister. From time to time, Joseph would lend money to Marguerite. So she owed him money and he was in a position to leverage this and basically offered to get rid of the debt. And she agreed. And it was about $600, which was a lot back then. While they were planning the attack, Marguerite suggested a different plan from what Joseph had originally come up with. She wanted to call 
one of her neighbors who happened to be a taxi driver and she was on good terms with him. She said that he could take Joseph's wife for a ride in the taxi with a time bomb in the trunk and Joseph would be with her. At a certain point, the driver would pretend that something got like was going on with the taxi and the engine wasn't working. So him and Joseph would get out to check it out and then pretend to go get help because they couldn't figure it out. And then after a few minutes, obviously, when they walked away from the cab, it would explode, killing her. Not sure where their daughter was in this whole lot. Joseph and Genero liked her idea and asked her to get the ball rolling and speak with her neighbor. So she invited her neighbor to her apartment and told him everything. Plan that they had. But her neighbor had zero interest in destroying his cab and he left. Of course, they feared that he was going to whistleblow and, and tell everybody about what was suggested. So she followed him and pretended that it was all a joke. That none of the stuff she discussed with them was actually real. So with this plan not panning out, they had to go with the original plan. So Marguerite went and bought some dynamite, some fuses, detonators, caps, all that that they needed. And at the time, the sale of explosives to Canadians was registered, but not strictly regulated. So she gave these materials to Joseph, who gave them to Genero to make this bomb for him. While Genero worked on the bomb, Joseph took his wife and daughter to set Il for a week of supposed reconciliation. Joseph decided to blow up an airplane while his wife was on board. To convince his wife to go and board the plane, he gave her two suitcases of jewelry, which he had in storage since earlier that year. She agreed. Joseph contracted a $10,000 insurance policy on his wife the day of her flight. I do not understand when people do that. It's so suspicious. Whatever. Plot was successful. All 23 people on board, including Rita, were killed. The bomb went off and they went down. Four of those victims, unfortunately, were children. Not that it's not unfortunate for everyone else to have passed away, but just not cool. Everyone on board, minus three people, were Canadians. The three exceptions, three people that were not Canadians, were the president, president-designate, and vice president of the Pennacott Proper Corporation. So this is why companies won't, or at least shouldn't, have all their employees on a flight at the same time. When I was doing event planning and stuff for my company, I would basically have to do the same thing and make sure that there were separate flights booked and that we weren't all on the same flight in case something like this does happen. But the, the business can continue, basically. So days after the plane went down, Marguerite had attempted to commit suicide, but she failed. At the hospital, she told the police that Joseph had handed her a parcel saying it was a bomb and then told her to commit suicide by saying he was to blame for this whole thing. She denied knowing that the package was a bomb and the investigators in charge, uh, his name was Rene Bellet, believed her. Most of the locals thought Marguerite was lying and were pissed off when she was not charged with murder. Police had to protect her because they were afraid people were going to come and murder her because they knew she was guilty, or at least they thought she was. Joseph was arrested two weeks after the plane came down. 
and tried in February of 1950. He did not testify in his own defense and only displayed any sort of emotion throughout that whole trial when Marie took the stand and said he didn't love him anymore. So he was quite upset because apparently he loved her so much that he uh, blew up his wife and 22 other people. He was found guilty of murder on March 14th of 1950. The judge named Albert Savini, fuck, sorry guys, he cried as he presented the jury a photo of Rita's body. All of the victims, for some reason, hers was the, her body was the only one that was recognizable. Upon being convicted, Joseph was sentenced to death by hanging. Before passing sentence, the judge had said to him, quote, your crime is atrocious. It has no name, end quote. Joseph did not try and file an appeal for, re quote, for reasons known only to myself, end quote. Prosecutors said that if Joseph could not live with Marie, he did not want to live at all. Joseph was executed on January 12th of 1951 at the age of 32. Before he was executed, he confessed that Genero and Marguerite were involved. Genero and Marguerite both maintained their innocence. Marguerite claimed that Joseph had told her that the package she was transporting contained a statue and not a bomb. And Genero also claimed that he thought the bomb was to be used to clear tree stumps in a field. After Joseph's conviction, he sent an extremely detailed 40-page document directly to the premier of Quebec, Maurice Duplessis. In it, uh, he claimed that Genero and Marguerite had knowingly helped him with the bombing. As a result, Genero was arrested on June 6th of 1950 and was tried in November of that same year. The jury was given the option of convicting him of manslaughter, but chose to convict him of murder. He was sentenced to death by hanging and was hung on July 25th of 1952. He was 54. Suffering from osseous tuberculosis, he had to be transported to where he was being hung in a wheelchair. Marguerite was arrested on June 14th of 1950 and had a separate trial from her brother. And that one began on March 6th of 1951. Following a guilty verdict, she was also sentenced to death by hanging on January 9th of 1953. She was the 13th and very last woman to be hung in Canada. All three executions took place at Bordeaux Prison in Montreal. So that's my story, guys. And again, it's getting so late. I am going to call it a night. Thank you so much for coming out. I had a lot of fun and our conversation was super fun. I am just going to list off our social media and what to say. I appreciate your support so much, guys. I've had a lot of messages and positive comments from people, and it's just so great to hear from you. So please keep that up. Please keep sending us messages. Um, our email is myriderdiepodcast at gmail.com. Our social media, the two main ones we use are Instagram and that handle is at My Ride or Die Podcast and Facebook, which is My Ride or Die Podcast. Thanks again, guys. Have a wonderful night. And hopefully you guys will get to hear from Chantal next week.
Bye, bitches.